0: Readers Entertainment Radio presents Book Lights with your host, author Lisa Kessler. Book Lights, where we're shining a light on good books.
1: Hello, everyone. It's another Monday in October, and you heard our special October theme music. So you know that it's all horror all the time this month. So I've been having a great time chatting with all of the new scary, spooky books coming out and all of the great authors. And today you are going to get to meet author Philip Philip Cossie, and I totally forgot to ask him how to pronounce his last name, so hopefully i didn't just butcher it, um, <laughs> but he has a new book that comes out tomorrow, and you guys have to go grab a copy so if you haven't read him before, he's had a, quite a few uh, short story collections out um, but if you haven't read him before, this is his first full novel, and Definitely go grab a copy. I'm going to read his bio here just so you can get to know him, and then we will get to talk with Philip. So he is an award-winning author and screenwriter, and his debut collection of stories, Behold Behold the Void, was named Story Collection of the Year by both This Is Horror and Strange Aeons Magazine. Locus Magazine said it recalls the works of writers such as McCammon, King, and Bradbury. My Bradbury. (laughs) special collection, Beneath a Pale Sky, received a starred review from Library Journal and Book List and called it a must-read collection. His debut novel, Boys in the Valley, premiered on Halloween 2021 from Earthling Publications, and his upcoming novels include A Child Alone with Strangers that comes out tomorrow, and Gothic uh, from Cemetery Dance will be out in February. We'll ask him a little about that, too. His stories have appeared in multiple magazines. Magazines and anthologies, including the best horror of the year. And his work has been favorably reviewed by the New York Times, Rogue Morgue Magazine, And Locust Magazine and many others, he has also produced screenplays that have been distributed by Lifetime Television and Disney Entertainment. Philip lives with his family in Los Angeles, California, and I did include right there on the Blog Talk site a link to his website so you can go sign up for his newsletter. He's also on Instagram and Facebook. So definitely, if you're listening live or if you're listening later, click that link so that you can get hooked up so you don't miss those upcoming books. With that out of the way, are you there, Philip?
0: I am. Thank you so much.
1: Yeah, thanks for being here today. And I'm really excited about your new book. It's called A Child Alone with Strangers. Do you want to tell everybody about it?
0: Yeah, so... Uh, a Child Alone with Strangers. It's my my kind of uh, debut trade novel. My my first novel came out in a very limited edition of 500 copies, so this is my first wide wide release, as it were. Um, and it's, it's kind exciting. of a, it's a six. Yeah, I'm excited about getting it out there. I you know I haven't had I've done a couple short story collections, but never a novel. So I'm excited to get a novel out into the world and. Um, so yeah, it, it's *Child Alone with Strangers*. It's it's kind of an old school throwback horror novel. It's a it's a six hundred page uh, story about a boy named Henry who goes through a series of uh, tragic events. Um, and it, it's kind of a crime horror hybrid in a way. It's sort of, it's kind of a, the first half of the novel uh, has a lot of sort of um, proce- police procedural kind of stuff because. Henry uh, is kidnapped and he's taken to a remote farmhouse in the middle of a uh, of a giant forest where he's held prisoner while the kidnappers wait for the ransom to be worked out. And most of the story takes place uh, while Henry is kept prisoner in that farmhouse. And uh, without giving any spoilers away, uh, while Henry is uh, being held in this remote location... Um, he kind of like, uh, he kind of communes with a uh, supernatural being that lives in the surrounding forest, kind of a creature. And the creature and Henry both kind of have the same end game, which is to get the people, kidnappers out of that house for different reasons. Um, And so that's kind of what a lot of the book is, is about. So it's kind of a horror crime creature feature uh, you know supernatural throwback horror novel and and I think it's a lot of fun so far the reviews have been really strong so I'm excited for readers to get their hands on it.
1: Yeah it sounds fantastic and I was going to ask you what inspired this? Did you see a news story about a kidnapping in a cabin in the woods or was it a movie or you read something somewhere and went hey how did it come to you?
0: Well, this is my first genre novel. So um, I've, you know, I've been writing my whole life, and I, and I, but I only started writing genre fiction about five, six years ago. And so I've written three novels, but, you know, they never, they never sold. And so I, but when I started writing genre fiction, you know, I, I started selling a lot of short stories, horror short stories and supernatural thrillers, and I started, you know, become, kind of building a career out of it. So when I knew I was going to take my first stab at a novel – I really wanted it to be um an homage if you will to all the great horror novels I'd grown up reading all the Stephen King and Dean Koontz and Clive Barker novels mm-hmm. Peter Straub and and um and so I really wanted to kind of you know to kind of uh uh give tribute to those guys and the best way I could think about doing that was I'm just going to I kind of said to myself I'm just going to make this a kitchen sink novel. I'm going to throw in all the good stuff and just kind of give it an original spin. And so I had the telepathic kids. I have the creature in the woods. I have the, you know, the, the FBI agent dealing with the crisis and I have, you know, so I kind of wanted to make it like an all in, you know, pedal to the metal, you know, uh, (laughs) uh, horror story that was just like a fun adventure and a crazy, uh, you know, wild time for readers and and I just wanted to and I wanted to be I knew I wanted to be big and I wanted the world to be big and I wanted this to just have all these fun elements uh, and and so that's kind of that was where I started and then I just started piecing it together once I had Henry, who's this nine year old boy uh, once I had him locked in the 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 story came really quickly um, because he's really the star of the show. And uh, and once I get my once I get my hooks into a character and how they think and how they feel and how they interact, um, I you know that really is what I build the story around. So so that you know so uh, that was kind of how the uh, the impetus of the book uh, came about.
1: I love that. And what was it that that drew you to writing horror? Have you always have all your stories always been scary? You, what is it about horror that keeps calling you back?
0: Yeah, I think, well, even when I wasn't writing genre fiction or horror, I was writing dark, you know, dark literary fiction. By literary, I mean non-genre. So, you know, all my Mm -hmm. characters were pretty, you know, pretty dark, you know, like there was, but it wasn't anything supernatural about it. So, like, my novels are kind of more like, you know, my my early novels are more, uh, you know, they're very character-driven stories about very real people. Whereas once I once I decided to kind of flip that switch and to answer your question, what was happening at the time in my life was I was writing a lot of screenplays and I'd had some success. I wrote a lot of, I wrote like seven screenplays for, for Disney. I wrote a Lifetime movie that came out that was kind of like a ghost story. I wrote, a, and I wrote like three or four horror screenplays and I was like pitching them to everyone from Blumhouse to CBS and, and I wasn't really, but I wasn't selling anything. And so I kind of made the, the connection late in life you know, kind of having written a lot of these horror screenplays, and I was reading a, a lot, reading a lot of horror, um, and I said, you know, I should just try and combine these two things. <laughs> you know, this my fiction yeah. world and my my screenplay world, yeah. And which is my world where my passion is is horror. That's where I grew up reading, and and take a shot at writing a horror story. And so I wrote a story called Mother, uh, that was a ten thousand word story. And I sent it to uh, a guy I'd been interacting with, Laird Barron, who's a very, wonderful horror writer uh, and um, and he gave me a bunch of great feedback and and kind of inspired me to keep going and I sold that story and then I wrote another story and I sold that, and I wrote another story, and I sold that and so it just kind of seemed like I'd found my niche and I think what was interesting was I was able to take all the experiences from my life and all my all the skills I had developed writing you know kind of straight not, you know, fiction, non-genre fiction, and then kind of combining it with all this horror stuff. Um, so I think it, I think it was, a, it enabled me to kind of write, uh, the kind of horror books that I w- would have always wanted to write, which was, you know, they're very character driven. They're very literary. I think they pay, pay very close attention to the prose that I use. I try and make my, you know, the books read. I, I, I'm always shooting for beautiful and I'm always shooting for emotional. So on top of that, I do a lot of supernatural fun stuff. So I think the combination of all that is what's given me kind of my, um, my success.
1: Oh, I love that. And I know that, um, when I started writing, I started writing horror and then paranormal romance started coming up and I was like, okay, well I can, the good guys always win. That's good. So I kind of went in that direction. But for me, it's the supernatural part that always keeps me coming back to the keyboard because I love imagining that the world might be bigger than what we see. And when you write, do you feel that too, that you can push the boundaries and, you know, maybe, Put something in that maybe could be real, but you know, do you delve in that kind of direction?
0: Yeah, absolutely, and that's one of the things you know. I've I've actually written about this and ever an essay about this, you know, which is that one of the things that really attracts me to horror is that you can tell a story, and literally anything. Can happen in that story. There are no rules. There are no boundaries. Yes, you know um, the story can go anywhere, and that's what's really as a writer, that's exciting. To your point exactly, that's what makes it really exciting for me as a writer because you're not really dealing with the restrictions of the of reality. And even with other genres, like I, I've written, a, I've written a sci-fi novel that's being currently being shopped by my agent, and and I've written a th- and, I, and I've written a thriller, and um, and I enjoy writing that stuff. But 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 even like fantasy and sci-fi you know they kind of have their rules quote I'm you know doing air quotes they do have rules. Can't yeah. see me, but right where it's like okay well there's sort of like this is a fantasy novel because of A B and C and this is a sci-fi novel because of A B and C but with horror it's like yeah it's got to be scary and that's kind of the one rule but really besides that it's kind of supernatural allows you to just kind of do whatever you want and I, I kind of think of my books in a way uh, not necessarily to categorize them but just more to give maybe readers an idea of what what kind of horror I write because there's so, such a wide breadth of, of horror, you know, categories. But I really think of myself, my, my books as being supernatural thrillers. You know, they, they are scary, right. but, but but they're also adventures and, and that, you know, and, and they tend to be, you know, kind of more in that, a little bit more in that thriller vein where you're kind of waiting to see what happens. Um, but they all have supernatural elements. And, and that's something that I really, really love. And it's funny because my first agent, this was a few years back now, when I was first writing A Child on with Strangers," you know, he was like reading my manuscript as I was writing it. And he was like, whoa, dude, like, why don't you just focus? You should just make this a crime novel. Like all this crime stuff, all the you know, procedural stuff is really interesting and exciting. And then you throw in like this crazy horror stuff. And I just kind of feel like, you know, maybe we should just make it a crime novel. And I said, no, 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 no. That's not what I want to do. I want it to be, right. I, want to, I want to go places where a crime novel can't go. And, and I think mm-hmm. ultimately now that it's all finished, uh, I think it makes a lot of sense. And, and I think, like I said, I think early readers have been really excited about it. So uh, hopefully people will have fun uh, reading. And, and also hopefully it will defy, a little bit of uh, defy expectations, I think, of maybe what people think is going to happen. I, I try very hard as a writer to uh, counteract those feelings. Like, I'm hoping that you're always kind of surprised at what happens next in one of my stories.
1: Now, were you surprised at where your story went, or are you a big-time plotter and you knew what was happening? Did your book throw twists at you that you were like, wait, what? What just happened?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, I am a huge – I'm a big outliner, and I think that stems from my screenplay experience, which is, you know, you you can't really fly by the seat of your pants when you're writing a screenplay. You have to – screenplays are so structured – uh, and they have to kind right. of stick to a certain, you know, regimen. And um, But I learned a lot about story structure and about narrative and about pinches and about beats and about act one, you know, and what to bring to each act and what to bring to certain characters to make the conflict interesting and all that kind of stuff. And um, and I think that's really helped me re- writing my novels. With Child Home with Strangers, um, I pretty much stuck to the script. I knew exactly what – I had it outlined very extensively – and I had revised that outline multiple times. And actually, you know, there there was one point where I was kind of coerced into writing one kind of a book. And it was like, it was literally like something being torn off my body slowly, you know, because my my agent (laughs) at the time was trying to get me to write a certain kind of book. And I was like, man, that's not what I want to write. And I know I can, right. I know like, it's so clear in my head. If you just let me write what I want to write, it's going to be, and he was like, it's too long. It's too crazy. It's all this stuff. And I'm like, no, 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 it's going to work. And so I really, I kind of had to like, at one point I had to sort of like go back and rewrite. Like, I think I had at the time, like uh, almost over 50,000 words written. I had to go back and kind of rewrite the whole thing from scratch because I really knew what my vision was. I mean, and my vision was so clear with this book. So once I had the freedom, uh, you know, when I was no longer with that agent to just write exactly what I wanted to write, it really came, it really happened really fast. But that, but to answer your question, I wrote another book thriller called Blue Butterfly. And the thing about mystery, it's a mystery thriller. And the thing about, and it's a time travel kind of in a way too. So the thing about mystery thrillers is as you probably, as you, as you know, you have to really plot it out because you have to have all, you know, you have to have the, um, you know, the red herrings and you have to have the misdirections and you have to have, you know, you have to drop hints as to what's happening. So there's a lot that goes into structuring a mystery thriller. And, you, you know, and so you, you know, it's, a, it's a kind of a balancing act in a way because you want all these, these elements to play correctly. So when the end comes, the reader surprised and excited um, and hope, you know, so, but it was funny because I was about, I was—I would say a little more than halfway through writing that book, and and one of the characters, my main character, uh, as I was writing mm-hmm. did something that was not <laughs> part of this. Uh, was not on know, the know, script. It was not part of the script. <laughs> right, and she went a completely different direction. And as I was writing it, I swear to God, this is true. As I was writing it, I was like, "What are you doing?" And I was so annoyed. Yes. And I wrote this. <laughs> and I wrote the chapter. I was so, I'm not, I'm not kidding. I was so angry. I was so frustrated and angry that I got up. I went downstairs. My wife was downstairs, I think, making dinner. And I was like, you won't, I was like, I can't believe what just happened. I'm like, I had to completely, she changed the whole book. And I was angry. And I was like, like as if I was like dealing with like somebody who is, and that's how invested I get in my characters. And, and I yes. ended up, re, re, I had to go back and redo huge chunks of the uh, outline for the remainder of the book to make it work because it, it she significantly changed the dynamic between her and another character. So I had to kind of rewrite, in a way, in my head, the last third of the book, call it. And then I had to actually... And then, and then once I did it, I was like, I was fine. because so I was like, okay, yeah, okay, it works. And so I wrote it. But yeah, so sometimes you do get the characters take over a little bit. Um, and that was an instance where where that happened. But for the most part, I'm in charge.
1: <laughs> oh, and do you feel like... Do you feel like the book turned out better than what you had planned? Absolutely.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think when you take a step back and you're like going and rethinking about it and uh, and you're like, and in a way it kind of, you know, those kind of things are blessings because uh, it, it also subverts what you think is going to happen. And so I think it's even more exciting because you're like, Oh, oh right. I see kind of now a whole different angle to this character that I wasn't really thinking about because I had my, you know, everything so outlined and structured. So it was, it was exciting right. and ultimately, yeah, it, it made the, it definitely made the book better. Um, and uh, it made it, and it also, uh, it, it allowed me to see additional books for the story uh, that I hadn't, seen before so I now saw it as a trilogy because of what happened with this character I was like oh I can do I could actually see this and this happening so when I when I sent it to my agent I actually sent her um a new totally new agent by the way not the agent I was referring to earlier I had three um (laughs) but uh where I sent her and then I also said I also sent her summaries for book two and book three so um that was all and that all came stem directly from, from that incident. So I was very happy with, with the way, with the way it turned out. Hopefully we can sell it. It's it's (laughs) currently being shopped around. So we'll see.
1: Oh, I'm sending good vibes. It sounds fantastic. I I'm more of a of a panther usually, but I usually know the ending and I've had a few books where a character just takes a complete U-turn and I'm going, "What what just happened?" Now what? Now nothing's going to happen the way I thought it did, and you know, 100% of the time it's always right. So I always feel like if you trust the book and you trust your characters, you're gonna figure out, you know, what it was supposed to be, which is really like my favorite part of writing. It almost feels like there's a super conscious, you know, and we're and and we're along for the ride. And for me that's always exciting at the keyboard when I'm like, wait a second and then I realize, you know, it's so much bigger than what I had planned, you know.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. And that's the way I write um, when I'm writing a short story or even, even a novella. Um, I always know where, I always know the ending. Um, right. And I kind of, and then I kind of have a feel, and I have like the main idea. Um, and then, the, and that's kind of where I start. And then I kind of start getting the characters in my head. And then once I have the characters and I have the ending and the kind of the, the root idea, I, I just kind of, I don't, you know, that's pretty much it. And then I just write and I, and a lot right. of so writing short fiction for me, is a, lot, is a lot of fun because it's exactly your point. I never really know what's going to happen page to page, exactly how they're going to get to right. the goal. So it's kind of fun to to, to see that happening live. Um, but I think if I were to try to do that with a novel, I would just end up frustrating myself and rewriting it too many times. <laughs> so I try and really make that yes. – I try and really do all the heavy lifting, outlining sides because I outline – it's not just like – sitting down for a day and like knocking out, and out it's it's like you know 3 or 4 weeks of intense like thinking right. and playing with the ideas and letting them roll around in my head a little bit and kind of getting the characters fleshed out and sort of seeing how they're going to respond to different things so that outline process takes a while and then and then the you know usually the the writing is actually the easy part in a lot of ways because once i'm writing the book i'm not you've really already worked about, it out uh, or what, yeah. Oh, what's going to happen next? Or where am I going to go with this? I'm just like writing and I'm focusing on the prose and the dialogue and all that stuff. So, um, so that's the way I, I think I would be a mess if I tried to paint the novel, but uh, I do enjoy that process when writing shorter fiction. It's a lot of fun.
1: Right, yeah, yeah, it almost feels magical. It's, it's pretty cool. But I was going to ask you, since you were writing screenplays, so you were really, you know, worrying about dialogue and all that kind of thing, when you had to put on a novelist cap, was it difficult for you, or did you love the control, you know, that you get to write down everything that the character thinks and all that kind of thing? How different is it going from screenwriting to novel writing? Oh, it's
0: night. My- it's night and day, and I am. Uh, I am. I still write screenplays. Um, I'm writing a screenplay right now. That's um, a feat for a feature that's based on one of my short stories that's been so optioned, and the producer hired me to write the screenplay. So I'm, I'm working on that. It's called Death Ooh. My Old Friend, and it's been announced like on Deadline and stuff, so I can say it. But it. Um, so yeah, so I, I'm writing the screenplay. I. Um, it's such a different. It's such a different experience, you know, screenwriting. You are, you know, I always talk about it as you are, you are building a platform for which others to build a story upon. And it's not your story. The reality is it's not your story. That's the hard reality. It's you're creating a structure for the director and the actors and the production designer and all those and the costumer and all these people to build their world and their story. And the writer is really just creating the framework. And so it's not really that much fun. It's, it's, um, It's more of a job. It's more of a, it's more work, just like, you know, in quotes, whereas writing um, fiction is is a joy, is is a passion, is, uh, you know, is fulfilling. It's what I want to do. You know, I I sleep well at night. I wake up in the morning excited uh, to start working again. Um, So that's really where my passion is, is creating fiction, because to your point, it's all mine. It's all me, you know what I mean. Right. I don't have to answer to anybody. Yeah. no one's going to change my stuff. No one's going to screw with my story. Mm-hmm. No one's going to tell me it, we we can't afford a car crash. I can do anything I want. Right. And, um, <laughs> yeah. Right. And uh, too, you know, we have too many locations or whatever it is. Uh, and it and it, but you know, it is there is something fulfilling about writing a screenplay as well. I you know I wrote a movie called Girl Missing for a Lifetime, and and um, and I got this, you know, I was I was on set the entire filming process. I got to direct a B unit for a day and uh, direct. So that was very fulfilling and very fun. But, you know, I went through, I went through like 26 drafts of that screenplay and every day I'd be writing, I'd be writing changes. Like literally we'd go on a location scout and the director who God bless him is a friend of mine and a wonderful guy. But he was like, Ooh, look at the way these doors open. We could do something with this. And I'm like, (laughs) what do you mean? You know, and so, but then he's like, "Let's write something in where we're write like a scene. this and this." Right. So we're right now we're writing into the door. Now we're writing in the doors. Or the actress pulls me aside <laughs> and says, I know I want to talk about this dialogue in the scene." So which is all fine, that's that's the job. That's what screenwriting is. But, right. Um, but I much prefer to be. Uh, I like to be the bo- I like to be the producer and the actors and you know and the director right. and the writer all in one package <laughs> and. And just kind of do it all myself. But so it's two different and it's, it's two completely, in my mind, they're not even related. They're two completely different things. But, um, and then the last thing is about screenwriting is it just, it, it, it's such a long process. You know, people think writing a novel is a long process. And it certainly can be. Right. But writing a screenplay, you're, you're beholden on all these other people to give you their input. So you're you're, you're reacting more to other people's ideas than you are, your own ideas. And so your original vision, right? Yeah. I'm not just producing something that I think is cool. I'm creating something that three or four or five other people think is cool. So it's just a, it's just a very different mindset. And, um, and uh, if I wasn't being paid to write screenplays, I wouldn't be writing screenplays. I can tell you that much.
1: Yeah, the. Do, do you find that when you go back and forth between writing a screenplay and writing a novel that you have to remind yourself, you know, don't rush, or, you know, that it can't all be dialogue? <laughs> do you, you know, do you find it hard to shift back and forth? No,
0: no. I think it's harder the, uh, harder the opposite. It, it's it's when you're writing a screenplay, it's hard not to write prose. It's hard not to, because you're mad that's the whole thing with writing a novel, right? It's like, once, you, once your imagination kicks in and you're visualizing the scene and you're, and you're looking around with the right. character's eyes and you're seeing things and smelling things and tasting things and touching things and you're writing all that description uh, so that the reader feels, like, immersed in that world. Um, with screenwriting, you can't do any of that, right? Like, it's just, like, dialogue, right. action, dialogue, action. So you have to... I sometimes have to pull back from uh, writing, you know... Ooh, that's a cool way to say that. You know what I mean? <laughs> like nobody cares. Right, screen, right, like right. There's like he walks through the door. I don't care if the door is brown. Let's move on. You know what I mean? Or the door of the hinges Creek. Right. Or you know, uh, whatever. Let's keep it going. No, so, he's uh, ambling. So, yeah, right. He's not walking. He's ambling. Damn you. So um, yes, so, uh, so it is hard. We need to keep to keep it stripped down. Uh, to when you're writing a screenplay because I I am used to writing prose so that that is that that's the only mm-hmm. part that's difficult. Other than that, it's kind of the same thing. I'm visualizing and writing what I'm visualizing, but you know, and with novels, it's more like a release. It's like okay, I can actually write now. Um, I don't have to just like uh, keep it to like uh, you know eight word sentences uh, and then dialogue and stuff like that. Right. So um, <laughs> it's it's interesting to go back and forth. I'm I'm very eager to finish this screenplay and start working on the next novel. Uh, that's coming out in twenty twenty four. So, um, so yeah. So hopefully that'll happen sooner than later.
1: And speaking of next, what is the next book that's coming out for you? You have another one, isn't it up for pre order now?
0: Uh, yeah, I've got. I kind of, uh, yeah, i have a bit of a log jam right now because basically all the all the building I've been doing for the last five to seven years is all kind of coming to fruition at the same time. So it's great. It's fun, but it's also like, it's, it's a lot of things going on at once. (laughs) So, yeah. So I have, I have Charles Ball and Strangers coming out tomorrow and and that you can order from anywhere in the the world. And, and then in February of 2023 I have a horror novel coming out called Gothic from Cemetery Dance, um, which is up for pre-order through the Cemetery Dance website. Uh, And then um, in July of 2023. Uh, I have a book coming out called Boys in the Valley, uh, that's coming out from uh, Tor uh, Nightfire here in the United States, and it's coming out from Orbit UK uh, in the UK Commonwealth countries, and uh, that is up for pre-order worldwide through Waterstones or Amazon UK or Amazon US or anywhere you buy your book. So there's no cover for that one yet, but the cover should be coming in the next couple of weeks, uh, so I'm told. And that one, that one I'm excited about. Uh, Boys in the Valley because um, because while these are these uh, Gothic and Child figures are wide releases uh, that'll be the first book where I have kind of a worldwide marketing Mm -hmm. campaign behind my my book so um, so I'm excited to see how that does and Stephen King tweeted about Boys in the Valley uh, back in February because there was an early edition out that he heard about so yeah so that got me a lot of traction so um, so, yeah, so I'm really excited about that book for that book to come out. And then I have another – and then th- that same uh, deal that I did with Nightfire and Orbit, um, there's a second book that's already sold that's coming out in 2024. So um, so I have my work – that, oh. that, that, one, that one I still have to write. Yeah, and then I have a, a right. third story collection coming out. Yeah, I have a third story collection coming out called No One is Safe, which is coming out next October. And then I have a children's book that's coming out next month called Boy Like the Blue Rose Heart. Um, so a lot, and then I have another book called um, Don't Let Them Get You Down. That's actually not genre. Uh, that's coming out from a small press called Zagava. Uh, that's supposed to come out hopefully before the end of the year. So I have a lot kind of going on right now. Um, wow! But, but the novels, <laughs> yeah, but the novels uh, are exciting. You know, the, the the big ones I'm promoting right now are child illustrators, obviously, and Gothic, and then and then Boys in the Valley in the summer. Uh, so all those are up for pre-order right now.
1: Oh, that's great. Well, everyone, who be sure that you go check the website. It's right there on the Blog Talk site. Click that and sign up for Philip's newsletter so you don't miss a thing. And I I had such a great time chatting with you. Thanks so much for being here, Philip.
0: Uh, thank you. Thanks for joining us on Book Life. Be sure to connect with us at
1: www.readersentertainment.com. For articles, blogs, videos, and podcasts that matter to readers.